0: Hello, everyone. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Friday Night at the Barbell with your hosts, Carson Wendell, Brian Wood, and we also have a couple of special guests today Um, we're going to get to later on. um, But we have Ryland and Zoe here with us. They're going to talk about their first meet later
1: on in the podcast. First thing I wanted to shout out a couple of reviews that we had. Spotify. It was... uh, Someone said the podcast was great, but that Bryant guy's voice sucks, which is very obvious to me because I have to edit the whole thing, and after an hour of hearing myself talk, I know that it sucks. You don't have (laughs) to remind me. And if you do it again, I will just dox you straight from Spotify. (laughs) And then Holly... From all's talk show on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere you find podcasts, said we had a great casual conversation about what it's like to live a life where the gym is a high priority on the list. She's excited to see what's next, which I think we got a lot coming soon. Uh, and hope to get more reviews that are at least decent like that.
0: Thank you, holly That was that was beautiful.
1: Ollie's great. She's she's offered all sorts of assistance in any podcasting need that we have. Um, And I wanted to talk a little bit about the future direction. I think we all agree that we want to interview more people, but the interview format is more of a open conversation on strength sports in general and people's involvement in them, not necessarily about their squat bench deadlift. Anybody can look up open powerlifting now. You don't have to ask someone what they squat Mm because i don't really care yeah (laughs) i want to know why they squat yeah and we've already got a bunch of people lined up as guests next is going to be a good friend of mine mark mignard he is a future registered dietitian i think he finishes up next year he said and he's a current diet and strength coach uh we also have ronald tarvin which i think everyone knows sir jim rat fitness a buddy of mine, Ben Johnson. He's over in the UK. He's an up-and-coming evidence-based strength coach. Chris Lintenny, everyone's favorite Smurf. Les Keys, <laughs> who just got back from Hawaii to Alabama. Taylor Crowder, which is everyone's favorite photographer in the state of Alabama. Right. Then Courtney Jenkins, which is a—he's been a longtime judge for USPA and now WRPF. He's out of Maverick Barbell. In Millbrook he wanted to come on and talk as well so that's the ones we have lined up right now it's pretty
0: interesting lineup there I like how I like the kind of diversity not all of these people are necessarily like top-level athletes but it's kind of just different perspectives um, of you know how they're involved in, in um powerlifting strength sports other than athletes so that's that's interesting but yeah, we 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 love to hear the feedback. So give give reviews, feedback, tell us what you'd like to hear, what you know, some things that we may have talked about that you liked, that sort of stuff. That really helps. So
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram and in person and say they actually enjoyed it, which was surprising. I didn't think we would have any traction at all in the beginning. I thought we were just gonna shoot the shit for yeah. an hour every time and talk to ourselves but people actually enjoyed it, which is even more surprising. Yeah. And in the first episode, if you can call it that, I call it the pilot episode zero. Mm-hmm. And we just tried it out. We shouted a bunch of lifters out that are kind of top lifters right now. And I kind of want to go back through and mention them again, because things have changed since we mentioned them. Like yeah. Eugene Baysmore, who we, I think we recorded the first episode the day before his meet. Yeah. yeah. Big gene and at, at underscore royal jeans on Instagram. He finally got his 2k total, which is what he set out to do when he first started lifting, which is only a year ago. Kind of. <laughs> so, not even two years then, put on a clinic total going. And he curled after the yeah, 2k yeah, total, cur- strict curl, SBDS, strict curl nation. <laughs> um, so that was pretty wild. Now he's going for 2100 next. And I think he's taking. Uh, what I like about that approach is, as strong as he is, he's still taking it slow. Mm-hmm. Like he's not rushing it. He's and a lot of people, even, well, he's still in the gym. He is. Yeah. He's taking time off from some things, but he's still lifting as hard as yeah. he can. Yeah. And what's good about that is he gives his body time to recover while still pushing. Or other people get caught up in. I hit two hundred. I hit two k. Now it's time to go to twenty one hundred. Now it's time for 2200. Like they just keep pushing as fast as yeah, possible. Awesome. And he's realized that yeah. he's got to take it slower now. Gene is
0: somebody that is exciting to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least he's, I, I think anyone that's in the sport of powerlifting would say that. And then other people that may just come, you know, to watch that maybe not know much about the sport. I think it's really cool. You know, it's just, it's just a personality and, um, He gets hype. That's that's fun. That's really fun to watch. So
1: shout out Gene. Some of the other people that maybe we didn't mention, but I think was pretty crazy news in the strength world. Uh, Zach, the Hulk Myers at the Hulk Myers broke the all time 308 world record total. Uh, I think that was Larry wheels. Previously it was 23 something 2308 or something like that which is just insane, and it was the sleeves, just wacky total, and WRPF, I believe, too. Crazy. And then I hope everyone saw it, but Marley Parrish at Marley P underscore 29, 13-year-old girl, 75 kilos, 165 pounds, with a 314-pound squat, a 220 bench, and a <laughs> that's 403-pound that's- deadlift at 13 years old. Unbelievable! That's insane. And insane. If the two
0: twenty bench for a female at thirteen, 13 years, years old, old yeah. is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Any thirteen year old benching two twenty? Oh yeah, I was and, not and, even. And she's I when I saw the video, she does not look one sixty five. She's geez, like, he's like really barely sure. over one forty eight, probably. Then I saw this one to yesterday or today. Uh, Ernesto Lopez at Footless underscore Freak. He did full power on a single leg. He took his leg prosthetic, prosthetic off, yeah, and squatted and deadlifted with one leg and still yeah. total. I saw the deadlift total was... eight fifteen or something with a one sixty five squat, three hundred nine bench, and three forty one deadlift. No excuses. Kind of wild. No, very wild.
0: Just like, just like, did he just like pistol squat the one sixty five? Yeah, yeah, he
1: that's crazy. Did he, get, did he get three white lights? Because I don't know if the other hip went below parallel. But you know, yeah. well, I guess you could. I guess in <laughs> that sense, I I sense I, in that sense, you could just you could just lift the other leg up. Yeah. Yeah. So, then again, it doesn't have. There's no knee on that leg. So what crease goes below what? I, I think
0: know. at that point they're like, all right, man, you got few. <laughs> well,
1: we're, we're gonna get you. Do it. it. You know, you can. Yeah. You get if it. You if it's the squatted,
2: then you're you're
1: good. But it's impressive, nonetheless. Yeah, that's it's great. wild. Awesome. Then we talked about the deadlift world championship yeah. a tiny kind of bit, which is September 2nd, which is nine ish weeks away. I'm so excited to watch that. I I'm think that's great. going to be so
0: fun. Jamal Browner. So, about 45 minutes ago, he posted he okay. did 904 for four, four conventional deadlift. It looked like an RP six and a half okay. or seven. That's insane. Cause you see like these big guys like Larry Wills. He used to strap up when he was humongous, like over 300 pounds. And he would pull, I think he pulled like, I think in a suit, he pulled like 930 for two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. But it's like Jamal's doing over 900 pounds for four reps. Easy. I, I'm really excited to see what he does in nine. I think it's like nine
1: weeks away. But, well, I, I wrote down some other stats. So Ivan Makarov which is at Ivan underscore Makarov strong did 1,049 pounds for two reps. That's crazy. He did it for a double. Then you have Graham Hicks, who is one of my personal favorites in Strongman. He's fun. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's fun to watch. Graham Hicks, UK. He did 9.03 for five. Crazy. Then uh, Rauno, Rauno Heinle. He's known for the deadlift, 7.05 for 12. That's, that's And he's older, really too. hes nice. I, I want to say he's close to 40. And he did 10.49 last year in the same competition. And what I wanted to mention is Jamal's advantages and disadvantages. So his, one of his advantages, I think, in this, there's only like three or four guys that are only doing the deadlift. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them. Yeah. Everyone else is also training for the competition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, basically, how they do it is: there's going to be a max deadlift to start, and then a strongman competition continues. And so mm-hmm. the deadlift is part of. It. So I got gotcha, they'll, gotcha. they'll get scored on the deadlift, and then additionally so, so, scored on everything so, else. Uh, yeah, so, kind of like a deadlift only within the. He's doing deadlift only, yeah. and then everyone else is doing full full power right. essentially. So, um, he can just go absolute yard right on the deadlift. The people I wrote down are also doing deadlift only. Okay. I think Roundo he's doing both. Graham Hicks and Ivan are both only doing deadlift. Ivan has been trying this 505 kilos for like the last three years. Like, just this. Um, he's wildly strong. A disadvantage that he has, not only is he smaller in weight, Jamal Brown, mm-hmm. but also he's not wearing a deadlift suit. Yeah.
2: Oh, he's doing it raw.
1: And they're all wearing deadlifts. Yeah. So if he put one on, he would probably be at a disadvantage now. But like, and the, the difference to me would be their bodies aren't as beat up because they're putting on the suit. Yeah. The suit's doing some of the work. Yeah. So as it gets down to it and Jamal's training harder and harder, is he going to be able to keep up with people training in suits? Yeah. That's what I want to see.
0: I think because he's Jamal's pulled 1,100 in
1: straps, sumo, mm-hmm. but it seems like. 500 kilos. Yeah, 500 kilos. Which the number they go for is 505. Yeah. That's, that's the what number they're the, going for. That's
2: yeah. what the 10,
1: what is it? 502 is the current world record. That's why they're going 505. 502 and a half. Yeah, it's 11. 11. That's and what.
2: 505, 11.
1: That, so Thor did 502 and a half to break mm-hmm. 500. Yeah. And they're doing 505. And it's crazy to
2: think when Thor did that, what was it, three years ago? 2020 or tw- oh yeah three years ago at his house, yeah <laughs> his gym,
1: his like backyard. Yeah.
2: That was absolutely crazy to watch. And now yeah. you got guys like Ivan pulling 1049, and guys like Jamal pulling what would you say 905 today? Not, for not, four? yeah
0: 904 for four at like but it was
2: it was super easy.
0: Yeah, but his last he probably had at least two maybe three more.
1: See. Very interesting. I'm excited to watch that. That's so, this question I like a lot. <laughs> Beef Wellington. Everyone knows what it is except for Carson. And it turns out Pop-Tarts are in the Beef Wellington fan Because they are a pastry that encloses a fillip. The filling just happens to be some fake ass fruit Uh smashed up into a jam.
2: But if you're gonna go with that logic, wouldn't you consider a donut part
1: of the beef Wellington family too? like a like a a cream filled donut, yeah, if it's closed, for sure. And then that makes corn dogs a thousand percent. It makes corn dogs a beef Wellington, especially a mini corn dog. For sure. So so before
0: this, we talked. I was like looking at this like list, and we talked. I was like, "What is beef Wellington?" I didn't know what that was. I did not know. So they, I have been, I've been educated and Gordon Ramsay would Uncultured swine. I know. Carson (laughs) Wendell. Yes, sir. But that's okay.
1: Now he's cultured. Yeah. knows what a beef wellington is. So So, I eat Pop Tarts, so I'm pretty much. Yeah. If you eat Pop Tarts, you've already been on the beef wellington grind. You didn't even know it. I'm also, okay, this is another
0: thing. I just thought of that. So, So, so with Pop Tarts. Okay, I'm, I'm a very strange individual. My wife, like, roasts me pretty hard for this. This so, man made
1: chicken shakes the other day, by the way.
2: Yeah. Chicken shakes.
0: Chicken shakes, little canned chicken, egg whites, blender, pound it. Uh, but no, the Pop-Tart thing. So when you open a pack of Pop-Tarts, there's two pastries in there. Do you Do you eat one at a time? Most people would say absolutely.
2: Yeah, like. When I do it, I'll open so, wh- it and like break one in half and eat that, and then eat the other okay. half, and then break. So when
0: I open Pop Tarts, I roll the wrapper down and I I bite into both like Pop Tarts at the
2: same time. This us like eating a Kit Kat without breaking. It.
0: Yeah. So
2: I'm psychotic.
0: Yeah. Absolutely psychotic. Yes. So, you <laughs> so my wife she posted, she took a picture of a where I bit out of both Pop Tarts and she posted it on her Instagram story, and she pulled, she was like. Is my husband a psychopath? Yes.
1: yes or no? And it was like 99% yes. <laughs> and, and, and then she caught you with the chicken shake the other night, which really solidified yeah. her. The
0: canned brain. chicken has a unique smell, and my wife was like, get out of this house with that.
1: I can't wait for the video on that. But you need to make sure you save it. I, I need to see it over yeah. and over again. Uh, Can you
2: save the cheesecake one? Uh, I don't think so.
1: Okay, that's easy to recreate <laughs> uh, will it recreate the the joy that i got yes also yes the Absolutely. voiceover made it uh, the voiceover is what made it funny i kind of wish there was voiceover plus you just the chomping down. <laughs> that so what i'm what we're talking about i'm so
0: we were talking about doing like a because brian shaw has a youtube video Strongman Brian Shaw where he eats like ten thousand calories, but that's like his daily intake for his strongman prep. So at night he he always does cheesecake. So I videoed myself eating half of a cheesecake and (laughs) it's a great message. And did a voiceover. (laughs) Because it was so embarrassing. The sound I listened back to it and I was like, this is horrendous. It was just like Like crumbs line.
1: But uh, incredible, really.
0: Anyway. All right. We have our guests here with us today. They just finished their first pilot to meet. We are going to ask them some questions about that and how, you know, just some some different things. I know we may have some people that listen that may have never competed before. Um, and this is kind of, I think, will be cool to kind of see some thoughts on them. kind of first impressions Emotions, things like that. So
1: I think another cool thing about it to me is a lot of us that have competed think about the next one, and we f- completely forget about the first. Like, so I think it'll be a good retrospective for most people because we don't often do that. We don't think about the first one we did. We don't even think about the last one we did. We only think about the next one we're going
2: to mm-hmm. do. Because that's like me. Even mm-hmm. though I've, my, I did my first meet back in May of last year. So like, I still I remember it. But I don't think about it mm-hmm. because, like you said, I'm looking towards my next. Yeah, like I have bigger goals set for my next. I'm looking forward yep. to hitting that.
1: So, we'll start with Ryland. Ryland, what was your experience at your first meet overall? What was what was your takeaway? Like how you felt during and then after.
3: Uh, I guess my first meet experience I would categorize it as uh, it went by way faster than I expected it to be because I have watched as a spectator two meets before and it was a long slog all day. To be fair, our meet had a few less lifters in it, but I like warming up for my first attempt on squat, I was shaking. Like I was like, oh God, I'm about to go. Like it was very stressful in that aspect. I'm also I'm kind of a over preparer. So that like I, I was overthinking it a lot. Um it's it's over preparation and then in the heat of the moment.
1: You realize there is no way you can be prepared, and there's no, no preparation. Right. It's, it's, it's right. just going to happen.
0: And things like it's so it it all depends on the meet. Like I know a meet I did last year in Sheffield, it was the the flights ended up Sheffield, being, Alabama. Yeah, yeah,
2: Sheffield, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but the flights ended up being like it was going so freaking fast, especially on squat, and I had. One of the heavier squats openers. So as people are warming up, I was like, I was starting to really stress out, and then it was I was like ten minutes out from my opener, and I still had to go up like two warm up sets. And so, see, so yeah, it can it can all just depend. Some some places have kilos to warm up with, some have pound plates. So you're having to like, you know, it all depends on who's there, how many people are there, what's going on. There's a lot of
1: variables, and I'll I'll go ahead and say this like we're lucky because we have charlie lyons running wrpf we have the best equipment at every meet sure. at every warm-up platform yeah. it's all already but at this meet that was the club one classic there were technical difficulties due to the internet situation so a lot of the screens in the warm-up room weren't working properly so a lot of people were rushed even more than they were with it being only twenty nine lifters, and I imagine if you're trying to overprepare, that's going to make it feel even worse.
3: Yeah, yeah. Me, I I was first in my flight for pretty much everything, uh, which was an an, an interesting wow. feeling while I was uh, wow, while I was warming up. You know, being yeah. the one with the lightest warm ups. But yeah, like he said, we, we had we had technical difficulties for my first attempt on squat. Um, one of the judges there. Like, the, the phone wasn't working for the lights. So I, you know, I had my headphones on. I was preparing to go out there and lift a small weight. I was waiting there for another minute and a half or so, which kind of didn't help my nerves, I guess, because mm-hmm. I was very anxious just to get out of the way. Yeah. And then my third attempt, I also, there was also some technical difficulties. Like, some someone's attempt got put in, and they jumped me in the line or whatever. But yeah, it was, uh, like, you were supposed to be
1: first, but then we had, like, 40 kilos loaded over what you were going to do, and then as I'm directing people to take it off, Charlie was like, nah, just let them do it. Fuck okay, it. give them." <laughs> so we, so we had someone come out and do their attempt, and then take weight off for Ryland to come do his his third attempt yeah. that was supposed to open the uh, third attempt. So yeah.
2: but after your first squad attempt, how did you feel after you like you do it and you get it over with?
3: Uh, after going through prep and stuff, like, I was very fatigued, obviously, but I squat did make me feel good because it was kind of – was, it was flying up. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say if it was the same for the rest of my meat, but squats were feeling really crispy. Uh, so after – Flying up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: because yeah. like, me personally, I'm really nervous going into that first squat. But mm-hmm. as soon as I go out there and do it
0: – Yeah. It, and I feel like, too, like, for me, squat is – I want to say scariest, but um, squat is always, I'm always the most nervous for squat. Yeah. One reason, because it's first, it's like the icebreaker. Second reason, it's, in my opinion, the most difficult lift as far as if you have, you know, if you've got tons of weight on your back and you fail the squat, then. Take neat ones like Yeah, I mean, with a deadlift, can, you can just drop it. Yeah. Bench, there, well, you know, it bench. been scariest. But, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, bench is scary. So, your feeling going into the first squat. What were you thinking about when you were like walking up to the squat?
3: Uh, I guess I'll shout out Cole. Cole uh, Puckett. Cole Puckett. He held me a lot through through the prep. Um, I guess something he told me during his meet at the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, he said like, you might have a lot of nerves, but in, at the end of the day, like you do this shit every day. So it really, as nervous as I was, I was like, oh, well, I, I can do one rep a squat. Like, yeah, exactly. That's a big truth. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, so I'll caveat
1: that with this. What an, a it was your first meet. What an experienced lifter is kind of thinking in the back of their mind for the opener squat is if I miss this for whatever reason, it sets everything back. Every single bit of the plan is now fucked because I missed the whether it's depth, strength,
3: whatever. So that's kind of the the difference of thought there. Like, I'll say I 110% have that in the back of my mind because I'm a warrior, like I said. But I heard this. You were thinking to. ahead in the first meet instead of mm-hmm. like,
1: okay, all I got to do is do this one squat. We're good. Mm-hmm. Get,
3: yeah. Get I mean, get on yeah. the board. I don't want to brag on myself, but like I said, I do prepare a lot. So I had a bunch of people in the back asking me about like commands and stuff. And like I was able to answer their questions, but I'm like, this is my first meet. You can write yeah. on yourself, that's what this is what for. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: A lot of people a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people do it.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say, I'm gonna compete one day. And then they never step yeah. on the platform. Yeah.
2: It's like what I tell y'all every day in here, just squat it. Just pick it up, just bench it. It's sure. all
3: you gotta do. Had that in my mind going up. Yeah. All, all you stuff, gotta just do. do. Swat it. That's yeah. all you gotta do.
1: Now for Zoe, give us your first meet, experience. What were your feelings going into squat?
4: And we were just supposed to start at each other, like, shaking. My hands were shaking. I was nervous. Like, the whole week up leading into that, I was calm, cool, collected. I was yeah. fine. And then, right as I started, I'm like, this is official yes. now. Yeah, even like, yeah, during playing so- the day before, I was like, still not here yet. Okay. And then those nerves hit me like a ton of bricks. But right. honestly, going... <laughs> going into my first spot I was wasn't really that nervous like once I got up on the platform and just really realized what I was doing I zoned in pretty quickly my mom was there and my sister so it was nice to see them they're always supporting me even though mom didn't quite understand what was going on <laughs>
1: never
4: okay. yeah but really after that first squat, I was zoned in I was honestly expecting just to get two attempts down for my squats and the thing that that's terrible because oh. it's it's honestly the one that I was struggling with the most throughout the whole 16 weeks of the program but it's actually the one that I got three for three in and the one I felt the best in I got one of my attempts and failed the other two
1: so. Well, I will say just judging by watching your prep you are a grinder you will yeah. grind one out and that mm-hmm. third squat was a it was a grinder yeah. I
3: on the bar for a solid 10 seconds
0: that's another thing that's really cool. Like, and someone that's never been to a meet may understand, but if you see somebody grinding the absolute shit out of a rep, that is something so cool to watch. Especially like a masters person, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's so cool to watch. And like, Curtis. yeah, that's, Curtis, what you know, that's Curtis, one of that's of the things. It's like you know, Curtis. you know, you know, we're in Alabama, like Tuscaloosa College football. It's like you know, eighty yard bomb to the end zone. It's like. That's so cool. That's
1: the it, cool it would be like an eighty yard five. Yeah. yeah. Of. It's like that. It, where suspense is building up over the mm-hmm. you know, second squat. And then especially a really hard squat or deadlift and you're just like it's shaking like rah. and then and, and the lights aren't working. So they're like fucking <laughs> the judges are over there slamming the buttons and nothing's <laughs> popping up, but everybody's on the yeah. their seat like oh, did they yeah. get. It?
4: Honestly, that third attempt, I didn't know what weight I was squatting. Um, After my second, it moved a lot better than I had hoped. And I looked over at Marius, and I was like, go put a weight down. And he was like, all right, I'm not going to tell you. Just go squat it. And I was like, all righty. And I did it. And it was also, I don't know if it was (laughs) the knee sleeves. I got the ergos, and I had never worn them before. I put them on, (laughs) and they really helped my squat, too, I think. (laughs) I don't want to admit it. More
1: confidence builder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out Arius Garth.
4: Yeah, I'm happy he was there. He really believed in me a lot of times. Like I get in my head. I'm very, very hard on myself. Even when I'm making progress, I still think it's not enough. So he was definitely there just to tell you know. me to focus on one thing at a time and not to, like be happy that I was doing it. Because I mean, like you said earlier, most people say they're going to compete and they never do and did the damn thing. So.
3: Yeah, he's the only reason I got my third deadlift attempts, to be honest.
1: With Zoe's attempts, she forgot every single time to go give her next attempt to that's the attempt. Every single the time deadlift. she was focused on getting off the platform as soon as possible, sprinting off. And there's I making mean, me
4: getting... I was not prepared for that.
1: At I got
3: my
0: attempt. I'm like, do you need to go give your lift? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing I remember my first couple of meets. I hit that lift as soon as I saw those white lights. I booked it back to the warm up room and they're like, wait, wait. Yeah. Because, like, when you when you hit a big lift, like, your mind, you're just like, you're not thinking you're not about, thinking about that. At you're at thinking, all. like, how to how to move. Like. I think if
1: you hit a lift at all, you're not thinking about yeah. that. You're thank just, you're just like,
4: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They were going to check my equipment. I ran yeah. like, my third attempt on Dead's, I believe. Yeah. And one of the judges was like, Yanking on me, like trying to drag me back over, because I completely forgot. That was like the last thing I was thinking about.
1: If you break a state record, the judge has to check your equipment and make sure you're not a dirty cheater. This will
0: be interesting. So, if there was something that going in, you wish you would have known. What What are your thoughts on that? What would it have been?
4: For me, honestly, I was very anxious when it came to warm ups, just asking to change the weight. Um, Mm I need to realize that. What I do in the gym on a day-to-day basis for my warm-ups, that's exactly what I should have been doing at the comp. I think for squat, I did that, but for bench, I was just warming up with whatever they had on the bar. Um, That was definitely, I don't think that's the reason why I missed my second and third attempt, but it definitely didn't have me in the right headspace because I used to what I normally do. So that was something that I definitely took away and wish I would have done different.
3: But I definitely a little bit messed up because you asked me before your first attempt if you should try your first attempt. So
1: you know. <laughs> don't do that. Let me jump in on that. If you are warming up for a meet, do your warm-ups. Do not let people bully you around in the warm-up room and not let you get on the ball. Do what you have to do. And if they don't want to let you in, go to the other platform. They should have two platforms when you warm up. And if not, then ask someone else to help you get your weight on the bar. There are coaches in the warm-up room that mm-hmm. should be nice enough to help you. Just because one person is being an asshole and won't let you work in, when you're warming up for a meet, their white lights that they might get are not more important than yours.
3: Yeah, I will say I, the one thing I noticed is, like, so many nice, helpful people in the warm-up room. Because uh, like Zoe and I both came in without a coach, but there so many people in the back, like, ready to rack and uh, like put weights on the bar, um, so I barely had to – do a lot of that um they're asking if i wanted to lift off all that sort of stuff Uh, so many helpful people It was it it
1: was a kind of strange meet because there were a lot of like young kids doing it which is good
3: there's a wild amount of people that it was their first meet like i was it was very unexpected
4: a good thing to hear too, in a way because it's not just you that's your first time like you never know how many other people are there that could be their first one
3: there's a lot of people very, very supportive. Like, I have never met them before, but we were, like, best friends by the end because we were both going through our first <laughs> meet together. goes back to what we said last time with
1: Heather and Corey. It's uh, the community is just nine times out of ten. The community is out of this world.
2: I don't know how it is in other states or other federations, but every time I've, like, I've only done Charlie's Meet, mm-hmm. and whether it's USPA or WRPF, and every time I go to a meet, I come away meeting new people.
1: And people that are supportive of what I'm doing. The, like everyone, it's kind of, you're competitive with each other, but mm-hmm. also everyone's there with the same goal. Yeah. It's like, they just want to do well.
2: Go out there get the white lots and get a couple.
1: And if if someone is not acting like that, they don't really belong there. Mm-hmm. That's not really part of the community. Right. It's already a small community. And if you have people that are pushing up, new people away, especially, that is not good for them. No, yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So... I got a question for y'all. So, what were some emotions that you have now that you've done your first meet? What are the emotions you have going forward into your next comp? Or do you just want to say, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> One and done. I'm not doing this again.
3: Uh, I think that this is probably not a uh, an uncommon feeling for a lot of competitors, but I'm like itching to get back on the platform. Uh, there's a, a meet that I think Josh is going to be doing and a few other people that I'd like to do as well because it would be cool to have, like, be up there with a lot of my friends. There's a lot of mistakes that I made in my prep on the platform that I could remedy, hopefully. And, yeah, I'm ready to get back up there.
1: So
0: we we, probably, we maybe should have done this earlier. So so how long have both of you guys been lifting and then just competing or powerlifting
3: in general? Uh, so I – my, like, I don't say – in high school, I started, like, you know, playing at fitness, as you do. And I kind of started taking it seriously my senior year of high school. Um, and then, so last year was my freshman year of college. And I was, you know, doing your freshman year of college, guy, standard, you know, lifting. The bro split. Bro split, basically. Bro split in, bro the, split, rec bro split in the rec center, pretty much. Um, I, I still benched and squatted a little bit, but that was about it. And then I started powerlifting, um in February, Zoe and I both did, because okay. we went to go watch the USPA state meet, because uh, I had known Heather, and we went to see it, and we were we both like looked at each other and we were like, we have to do this. So both, like a week later, I got a membership here. Uh, Zoe got a membership a few weeks later. First of May. Yeah, a little bit later, uh, and started powerlifting then. And I was kind of self-programming. Zoe had a, a powerlifting program she found. Uh, I'll let you talk a little bit more about your history in lifting
4: so I started really lifting, I'd say, about freshman year of college. I was playing volleyball for a really long time, and then I got hurt, grew into kind of disliking it, and my outlet was the gym. It's like several other athletes that go through their injuries, um, but I had a bodybuilding coach per se. He wasn't charging me anything, but he competed himself, took a lot from his own coach, and saw a lot of potential in me and one of my sister's. We started doing that for a while, and it kind of made me grow into disliking the gym. And it's, I don't like to admit it, but it is my, when I'm, it's like my main identity. Without it, I don't know what I would be just because it's such a huge part of my life. But once I switched to powerlifting, I kind of knew what I had to put into a program to see results. Um, I'm doing, I was a kinesiology major, school graduated, about to go into grad school for athletic training. Um, so, like, I kind of had an idea, even though I mainly learned preventative practices, not necessarily practices to help you in powerlifting, took exercise physiology, but that mainly teaches exercises for the general population. So it helped me in some ways, but not many. Definitely learned that through the program. Makes me ready to have a coach. <laughs> definitely for sure. Now, looking back at going through the whole program, there's definitely a lot of things I would have d- done different. But after the comp, I had that huge rush of adrenaline, like, really eager to go back and do another one, but there was a few days where I got kind of down about it, looked it up, it is a thing, post-comp blues, post-comp okay. depression, okay. yep, like, I felt like I gave it my all out there during the comp and, like, right after, um, but as I sat down and thought about it more, there's so many things I would have done different, not just in the comp, but during the prep, and I was putting, being really hard on myself, but, now that's kind of brushed away, I'm just really like eager to get back into it, fix those things that I realized I made mistakes on, and we can really only go up from here, and I feel like every comp is going to be that way. I'm going to go in it, have that rush of adrenaline, get kind of down about it, but if you're not on yourself, you're not going to improve, yeah. so.
0: And the reason I ask about you guys' background is because I know you are newer to powerlifting, but... Y'all are in such an exciting position right now because, like, this is something y'all continue doing. Over the next couple of years, y'all are going to see, like, insane gains. If y'all just started in February, like, it's going to be really cool and it's going to be really fun and addicting for y'all because your numbers are just going to be going up like crazy, which is really cool. And just talking about something like when y'all are talking about post meat Blues, I'm a big fan of... A guy named Andrew Huberman. He does. He has a podcast. He's like a neurobiologist, and he talks about when you after a competition like that, you know, your your dopamine's so high during that competition, and then afterwards you're going to have a little bit of a crash. But he talks about how that's why like during prep and during the process, if you can learn to kind of enjoy the prep and get, you know, your excitement and motivation as you're going through prep, it'll. Instead of just like having a huge spike with your competition and then a crash. Um, So that's kind of interesting.
1: But to add on to that, closer to home would be Nick Saban. Yeah. And you both went to UA and graduated so you can relate or will. And enjoying the process and not paying attention to the goal. The goal is going to come regardless as long as you do the little things during the process to make it. So the process and trusting it being involved in it, yeah. being aware that it's happening. And then once you get to the end, the meat is just part of it. Yeah. It's not anything different. It's what you normally do. So That's kind spoils of all of it. Is. And, yeah, I think, you know, as long as you're having
0: fun and mm-hmm. prep is fun and you're you're enjoying, like, your progression and lifting weights, it's it's easy. Yeah. Or And, you know, you'll be successful because if you love something and you're passionate about it and it's fun and you enjoy doing it, then you will be successful.
3: So I guess one thing I would say is I did make some mistakes throughout my prep, but I think the one thing that I did do well is I managed my expectations pretty well. Um, like I, I did have a, a goal going into the meat of a total that I didn't hit. Uh, I wanted a thousand pounds, but I was short of that, uh, due to a few mistakes. But, um, I was kind of aware ahead of time that this is just like, this is just a test of like where I'm at. It's not like an end goal or like really that huge of a thing. It was kind of just a, it's just the beginning. Yeah, it was just, just the beginning kind of just a fun thing for Zoda and I to do together and uh, test like all the yes, work so I've put well, in pretty much. Yeah.
1: It is really nice to hit the goals that you've set like in the beginning, 12 weeks out, whatever, you hit those goals at the end of the meet it's really nice to do that but at the same time the goals don't really matter in powerlifting because the goal post gets moved every single mm-hmm. time you do it if your goal was a thousand pounds this time even if you hit that next time it's not a thousand pounds. well mm-hmm. and which that's the vicious cycle that mm-hmm. kind of sucks yeah it's, was, hard, I, it's hard to ever be sat, truly satisfied with what you do i was yeah.
3: very aware of that with my bench like you know being a gym bro uh Last year, like, I was training semi for strength on my bench. Like, you know, as soon as I hit 200 pounds, like, 200 pounds isn't cool anymore. Now I want 225, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you yep.
4: know. It was definitely a so very different transition going into parallel thing than what I was originally doing at the gym. Um, with what I was doing, I did not squat at all. Um, so, going into a sport where... <laughs> You got a squat. You got a squat.
1: Not even a fit um, shape. That's crazy.
4: Which, if I'm happy, I did it. <laughs> I'm really happy I did it because it was all in my head. I let a knee injury define me for about a year and a half. It was an excuse, but powerlifting got me to realize it was just an excuse, and that I'm fine. And <laughs> really glad I did it. See. And It's a huge mental battle too. Um,
1: something like that is more valuable than any total you'll ever get. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And I'm just happy to find something that I'm competitive in again. Because after, after volleyball, I didn't have that competitive drive for much. And it's led me back into it. And I'm so happy because it's one of the main things that keeps me going. So
1: It's nice to be competitive with mainly yourself, too. Yeah. If you don't have to worry about what other people are doing as much. Let's scout it, for sure. Well, like- Until you can tell they post the meet roster and then you're scouting every single human yeah. being on the list.
2: It doesn't matter. What
1: you, just gonna, you just have to do what you can do. Yeah. yeah. But you're still gonna look either way. But going back to what
2: y'all said earlier, it what what this sport of powerlifting to me boils down to is going out there and having fun. You
1: have to.
2: Yeah, you're chasing a total, you're chasing numbers, you're trying to, you know, boost your rank on open powerlifting and everything. But at the end of the day it's a sport that we choose to do and participate in. So, why not just have fun with it? Yes, you take it serious. And, yes, you train hard. But you want to have fun while you're doing it. You don't want to make it miserable. Because when you make it miserable, you're not going to want to do it.
1: Yeah. You get burned out. Yeah. You see people come and go. People get burned out so much in powerlifting. Yeah. Or in strength sports in general. Like, they have yeah. one good competition. then the next one, they do absolute dog shit at. And they're yeah. like, yep, I'm done. Fuck this. I'm done. Never mind. Never mind. Retiring. Can't can't always have it.
4: Actually, now that you mentioned that, um, I've been getting a lot of Instagram reels about several. It's mainly female powerlifters, but there are people constantly ask them like, "Hey, how do you how do you do so well?" And like, but even if it's just the training or the coach, but a lot of them just say it's like outlasting other people because so many people come and go, and staying in it is a huge difference in its own. To Definitely. really
0: get you to succeed. Yeah. Career of
1: a power lifter is like probably a couple like two to three years, if that yeah. Zoe yes. if you could meet anyone in fitness, past or present, who
4: anyone? Oh wow,
1: that's so hard.
4: Take
2: one or two or three. Bodybuilder, um, <laughs> power lift control man, fitness. fitness.
1: Control. I mean, you're Anybody. you're newer. Anybody. I imagine you're newer to it all than we are, especially me and Carson. So you will probably have a different group to pick from than we will.
4: Honestly, it's hard because the transition, I'm like, I used to follow a lot of people that were more into bodybuilding and I have like no interest in them whatsoever nowadays, to be honest. So for me, I'm still trying to learn more about who's out there and, some of the bigger people and like people that I can find on my own that might not have a big following on social media, but they're in the same boat as I am. I've actually had, I had one girl reach out to me. Her name is Janelle. It's good by Janelle Fitness. She lives in Canada. She's a power lifter. Um, She reached out to me wanting to coach me, but I said, I said no to her. Um, not because she would be a Sad coach. She just didn't have the credentials really either. And I know that she was cutting me down on price because she was still learning. Um, but she was someone that started following me. I think right when I started my powerlifting journey, um, she randomly DM me one day and just told me like, good job, keep it up. And even though I didn't really know who she was at the time, it was, she was one of the first people that actually supported me in my journey. And even though I was pretty driven, regardless of the support at the time, um, She's been messaging me nonstop throughout this whole process. She actually DM'd me the day after the competition, after I made my post about it and just wanted to see how I was feeling like physically, but mainly mentally too, because she knows that it's such a big mental game and she still has full support with me and told her that she asked me again, if she was was still looking for a coach and I was like, no, actually I'm starting this coming week with Brian. Um, she still has my back no matter what. So
1: that's just, awesome. Yeah. that's really cool. That is so an good. interesting perspective. Yeah. Way different than what I expected. Yeah. Shout out Janelle Fitness. Thank Canada. you. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Ryland. If you could meet anyone in the fitness industry, who
3: I'm I'm probably gonna have to put a top two or three, to be honest. But yeah. at the at the top, I'm gonna say Mike Jose I'm a nerd. Doctor. I'm not. Yeah. Dr. Mike Gisvertel. <laughs> Renaissance periodization. Um,
0: like, really, really fun person to listen to.
3: Yeah, for real. Uh, like, I'm, So I think Zoe talked about she's like in a sports medicine background. I am not. A lot of my information comes from guys like Dr. Mike Gisvertel, and he is a really funny guy, really smart. He used to be a powerlifter, and now he's a bodybuilder, and I think that's a really cool perspective. And I think it would be fun to just talk to him for an hour. He's hilarious. He's interesting. But Mike's insane because he's like five, six, and he's a few. He's like nine weeks out. I think he said from three. the show. Three weeks out. Three weeks oh, out. Three. Of okay. Uh, yeah, and he's Masters be National. Be going in at like two hundred and twenty pounds or something, which yep. is ridiculous. Um, and I guess another guy would be Alex Bromley. Uh, he, yeah, got when, out. I, when I first very I don't think he. Yeah, I binge watched probably every video he's ever posted. I know he kind of likes to hate on powerlifters a little bit, and that's okay. But I, yeah, I like that about him. Uh, he's a very smart guy. So he's probably annoyed with it, but I like to watch the videos all the time. No,
4: it's about every week you're like... Probably just posted. Rylan would constantly tell me, hey, you gotta watch this new video, and... I mean, what I like about him is that he makes it simple. Like, he is educating the general population. He's not just throwing big words out there that nobody fucking understands. Like, several people do nowadays just to sound smart and they're seeking that approval because they're using the big words um i think a lot of people in powerlifting any thing that has to do with sports medicine honestly um they just want to prove that they have the education so they say a bunch of big words but it's really not benefiting anybody in the long run so that's why i really appreciate bromley
3: yeah bromley and then israel teller the two people i use their resources the most when it came to like going through my prep and stuff uh alone, you know, kind of religiously, just watching their videos and trying to figure out how to program for the next week, which was interesting. Um yeah, I just that'll be my two. I don't need three. I think that's an interesting
1: perspective as well. Probably good. I think that's the way to go though, is just find people that you like and keep digesting their material. I will say with people I'm gonna defend myself slightly, but Like people using big words to describe things to laymen, when you're talking about something that's uber complex, like how the body works, you can't use general terminology all the time. And, you know, if you took exercise science and learning the macro side of things of like, oh, this is what programming is like, and then knowing the micro side of things that you learned in school, that's how you put the whole picture together. And just seeing like, oh, a cycle, 12 weeks, we do heavy stuff at the end and lighter stuff in the beginning and mix it all in the middle. It's like, yeah,
3: you know all that, but like, why do we do all that? It's hard to understand fully what's going on unless you get the micro side of things. I am also with Bryant on that. I used to be kind of an optimal hypertrophy bro. Um, So I I like my fair share of big words. Um, It also makes me feel smarter. Constantly searching for optimization. It's miserable.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, which we'll probably get into this more so with our, the smart guys that are coming on here. Way smarter yeah, right, than, yeah. way smarter than myself. When we get the scientists going. <laughs> it's going to be important. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to sound like a couple of just absolutely this it's rocky. Meatheads, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it is, it is interesting to, you know, a lot of studies that come out and, and new evidence. We'll talk about this in future episodes, but, you know, what is statistically significant enough to say that this has a positive effect, to do this thing? And sometimes those are so small, and I think, I I guess that just goes back to the way that, like, studies are
1: published and... um, Yeah, when you start talking about p-values and what what the z-axis shows, and it's just, it gets very... Everything gets jumbled up sometimes, especially if you're not consistently on top of what's happening.
4: But starting powerlifting at this age, because hell, it'd be so cool to experience this, be able to uh, apply myself to possibly more research in the future before I even learn everything, just so I can get my knowledge also from personal experience, but also research on itself as well. But I think that would be
1: there's cool. a lot of... What's different about powerlifting to me is there's a lot of people that have a lot of experience and zero education. Yeah. The new wave is a good mix of both, but it's hard to find that in the current industry sometimes because you either have fucking nerds that just read books or you have bros that just circle heavy, pick up, move. Like, My mentality. It's hard to find a good balance sometimes. So Rylan first.
0: If you close your eyes and you heard lifter or ready, what, what in your mind do you think? Which lift?
3: I'm thinking back to squat because that was the one I was kind of getting most hyped for. I used to be like, I hated squatting. I'm not necessarily built for squatting in my opinion, but like after this prep, I've kind of fallen more in love with it. I have added like 120 pounds to my squat in the last while. Really, you must be nice. (laughs) I I, I didn't have a high starting point. Let's say that. Yeah, squat definitely because I just I love the feeling like you walk out there and just like put your hands in the bar like get under it and just go, um, and that's what I was thinking about. Yes, nice. That'd be nicer.
0: What about you, Zoe?
4: Um, Squat's a close second, but I think I'd have to go with deadlift. Um, It was one that I that's the
1: alpha choice. Yeah.
4: I was very scared to pull heavier weight when I started. um, I thought I was, like, only doing 275 for a long time. Um, Then, I want to say, was it Easter? No. Some random dude was in the gym with Rylan and I while we were in Missouri, and he had me work all the way up to 315. And I was like, dang, okay, maybe I can do more than I think. And then, before I knew it, I had a bunch of support here, and I pulled three fifty. Um, got close to it at the pump. I think three forty seven was what I got, but it, it just
3: that like yeah. That, what I pulled either probably.
4: I zoned out for a little bit in the back before I got on the platform. The guy slapped the shit out of my back. I didn't know where I was for a second. <laughs> I got up there, and I just I think out of all the lifts, that's what I locked in on the most. It's what really got me going too. I think even though I was exhausted from my grinder of a squat <laughs> very early in the con, um I found, I got that energy back from deadlift. It, it just awakened something in me. Yeah.
3: before third attempts on deadlift, that's the best feeling I've had in a while. Cause like I had a bit of a injury tweak in my back, whatever, a few weeks back. And I re aggravated on my first attempt and didn't get my second attempt off the ground. And then the third attempt, I was, like, listening to some hype speech. uh, Irwin from Attack on Titan. Uh, While, like, I'm listening to that at the same time, Marius is, like, speaking in my ear. He's like, there's no fucking reason you don't stop pulling. Like, this is your third attempt. Just pull until you get that shit up. Like, half listening to that, half, like, barely hearing anything.
4: Uh, Yeah. I think everyone should do a least once in their life. Just see your potential. Yeah. But... Honestly, like, for me, once I started, I'm now obsessed with it. I'm really hoping my sister becomes the same way, because I'd love to get her in here and do a tandem deadlift, since we got the same exact build. <laughs> Wins. Wins. <laughs> but, she, I mean, even with, like, volleyball, she's always way stronger than me. Uh, she's got some monster legs, so he's got a lot of potential to do.
1: You were good? Yeah. Alright, well, let's shout it out. we and that's Zoe at...
4: Oh, my Instagram? Yeah. Um, it's Zoe Larson underscore, but it's Zoe with two E's.
3: And? and yeah, Rylan. I'm Rylan Eubank. Go ahead and spell that for you. <laughs> <laughs> R-E-I-L-A-N-D-E-U-B-A-N-K.
0: So give these guys a follow. Really encourage them as they begin their product and journey. Because um, this is a awesome community. And,
1: um, yeah, so that was Friday night at the barbell. Um, That was your Friday night at the barbell, right? (laughs) Yeah. We'll see you guys later.